Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Why, hello, and welcome to episode 146 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast, 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and I'm flying solo just for right now. This was recorded at G-Fest. This is the Remembering Rulers of Earth panel with Matt Frank and Jeff Zorno. And uh, really, that's pretty much all I got to do. I just kind of wanted to introduce this real quick, get this uploaded, and have somewhat of a fast turnaround for this particular episode. Because it was a panel, it's coming in a little short on the time. So what we're going to do is we're going to just play a couple of songs. These are requests from Mr. Matt Frank and Mr. Jeff Zorno for this particular episode. This is all you'll hear from me as a singular entity. Uh, Enjoy the panel, and Jamata. Yeah. You guys having a good G-Fest so far? All Woo. right. Dude, who has a bad G-Fest? Come on. Communists. Pinkos. <laughs> <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> All right. Well, my name is Kyle, and I am the host of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. And joining me here up at the stage of Ballroom 2 at G-Fest 22, we have Mr. Matt Frank. Woo! To me. <laughs> Oops, sorry. And Mr. Jeff Zorno. Zorno must be destroyed! <laughs> and uh, if you did not know, these two fine gentlemen are the artists on Godzilla Rulers of Earth, which just finished as of next week or last this week? week? This week. This, this week. This past Wednesday. It hits its final issue, a double-sized issue, right? Yep. Issue 25 making it the longest-running Godzilla comic book series ever. Let's hear it! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Big congratulations. We did it! <laughs> Barely. <laughs> now, before we really get started here, Matt Frank wanted to do something very special for the writer of the comic. You guys know Chris Mowry, the guy who wrote <laughs> Rulers of Earth? Well, Chris is at San Diego Comic-Con having a lame time this weekend. Comic-Con sucks. Uh, Yeah, so Chris is at San Diego Comic-Con. You should do the booing again. Boo! Boo. But Matt wanted you guys to send a message. Send a message. It's less ominous than it sounds. (laughs) On three, I need everybody to go one, two, three. We're going one, two, three. We love you, Chris. Okay, ready? One, two, three. We, we love, love you, Chris! Chris! Shush. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming out to this panel. Uh, we don't have a ton of stuff, and we are going to have some some audience questions. I keep wanting to call them listener questions. Uh, you know, it's possible that we've got a whole bunch of listeners in here. Who listens to the Kaiju Cast? Yeah! Well, if you listen to the Kaiju Cast, you should know you're not supposed to raise your hand at a panel. You're supposed to scream and hoot and holler. But that's cool. Woo. A lot of hands went up. You can boo me. That's fine. I said woo. No, you can boo me w. too. I didn't hear that. Boo. 
All right, so uh, I have some questions for these fine gentlemen here. And of course, we have this lovely slideshow. And as I said a few minutes ago, this is essentially what I call like the top beats visually from Godzilla Rulers of Earth, a fantastic comic uh, by Godzilla fans for Godzilla fans really is that should be the tagline. <laughs> I mean, eventually that's what became the tagline. Yeah, I think it works. I mean, you guys, I mean, who does not know Matt and Jeff? These guys are huge Godzilla fans. They've been doing this stuff on their own, and then they got picked up by IDW to work on the first Godzilla series, uh, among some other things. And now they're uh, basically creating the the fan dream comic. Actually, I was about to add real quick. There are plenty of people that confuse Matt and I together. Really? <laughs> that happens an unfortunate number of times. It's kind of a bummer. Maybe you should stop going... Matt Frank must be destroyed. <laughs> That's Jeff's line. No, actually, you have your own, right? Well, for a while there, I was I was I was tinkering with the with uh, Matt Frank conquers the world. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about throwing that one on there going forward, but you know, All I right. like it. Well, how does it feel to actually be part of the creative team on the longest running Godzilla series ever? It rules, dude. I'm sorry for my language, but dude, I'm sorry, dude. It rules. It rules so hard. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. I mean, when I basically realized, oh man, we're gonna beat out Marvel. That's kind of rad. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's really like it's one of those things. Like this isn't just some flash in the pan, you know, uh, twelve, thirteen issue series. I mean, twenty five issues, and the fans basically like really rallied behind us. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I was gonna say the the best part about the whole thing was that it was never supposed to be 25 issues. Yeah. It was never supposed to be the longest-running Godzilla comic in history. It was supposed to be canceled several times. Yeah. But something that does not happen in comics really that much anymore was the fans kept raising the numbers yep. and kept saving us from cancellation. Yeah. So thank you. That ruled. Because of you guys, we made the longest-running Godzilla comic in history! Holla! <laughs> I love having Jeff on panels. It's fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. It's also fantastic that this this really hit this awesome milestone. Um, I I gotta know, like, what are some of your favorite moments from working on the comic book? Oh man, I I I can think of some right off the bat. Um, I I really my I think my favorite individual issue that like end to end that I got to do that I just I, I immediately think of some of my favorite moments of is um uh, I was it issue eight it was when he fought the gargantuas when Godzilla went and fought the gargantuas because that's something fans been wanting forever and uh, and I just had so much fun and Chris had such a clever idea for how. The day was one. It's no spoiler. <laughs> well, everybody here probably has read the book, so that's it. You're not all just gonna go. Woo. Dude, hey. Yeah, it's it's a it's an audio thing. You all have to make noise like me. Yeah, <laughs> just as loudly. Uh, yeah, so that was really awesome, and of course, you know, I definitely got to, um, I, I got to throw in all the little Easter eggs were a lot of fun. Getting whenever we had an opportunity to throw in Easter eggs. Uh, especially the final page of issue 25 has some Easter eggs in it that I'm particularly proud of. Some I actually had to cut out because they were too 
in the in the in the actual original art for the final page of 25 there's an attack on titan reference there's an evangelion reference and uh there's a big um godzilla figure on the desk and, and sadly they all got cut oh but, still though that's awesome yeah i can't wait to read that issue <laughs> i'll say uh my first very favorite moment of the series was when I was received when I received the email that um, basically said uh, you're gonna get to draw your own first full issue of Godzilla front to back, and I was like, (laughs) 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 and then it turned into we're just gonna have you do all the chapter stops. So if you look, I draw every fourth issue, which was the opening of each storyline, which also became really cool because I get to do all the jumping on points. And so, therefore, a lot of my stories kind of had a lot of self-contained story elements to it. So they're just great single stories, um, which is something I'm a huge proponent of because, you know, every comic book is going to be somebody's first comic book. So I like the idea of uh, self-contained stories monthly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was a little bit envious because Jeff was getting to draw all these really cool story beats and stuff and all these great character moments. And I'm just like... I, mean, I just got to draw a monster's fight. <laughs> but, poor, uh, poor man. I was going to also right? say poor right man. after that, though, the other, my other favorite thing is uh, anytime I ever got to draw Gigan, because Gigan yeah. is my favorite. Yeah! Woo! It's for Gigan. And this is, this is the thing about Gigan in that book, uh, and a lot of fans, hardcore fans, didn't even notice. Gigan is the only other kaiju in Rulers of Earth that that spanned the entire series next to Godzilla. He's the only guy who's been in, you know, the entire story like Godzilla was. In fact, he was the first other kaiju besides Godzilla to show up, if I remember yep. correctly. First yeah. issue, yeah. That was, that was so funny because we were told, you're gonna, uh, you, you guys need to work Gigan in because we have this cover by Art Adams so we don't have anything else to do with it. So the first issue, you have to work Gigan in somehow. And, uh, and so Chris and I were like, oh, how do we do this? Oh, I know, in a really awesome way. And because uh, Chris had always wanted to do the battle between this, this battle between Kumanga and Gigan in a very specific way, like with the Grand Canyon and everything. And that's something he had wanted to do since they got the license. So I'm really glad we got to scratch that itch, so to speak. Yeah, well, I got to draw Gigan fighting Space Godzilla. There you go. <laughs> Dude, that was something I've always wanted to do ever. Yeah. And uh, originally, I had. Um, uh, there was at one point um, going to be a Godzilla annual that mm-hmm. unfortunately did not happen. However, it was also the very first time IDW came to me and asked me for story ideas for this anthology. They were like anything from like three to six pages, like real short. And uh, one of my ideas was I want to do just six pages of Space Godzilla and Gigan fighting on the moon or on Mars with yeah. like a Mars rover, like filming the whole thing. And Chris was like, Oh, we gotta use that dude. He's like, oh yeah, we gotta use that dude. Oh man. So speaking specifically to your uh, each one, like you've got your battles and you've got your chapter beats, but that's not all. I mean, obviously, like you just said, Jeff, you got to do the big Godzilla or sorry, Space Godzilla Gigan battle, and well, you've I also done a lot of one of my actually, my, my other favorite things was the fact that I got to be the guy to bring in not only Gyra for his first American comic book appearance ever, but also the 
It was around the time that we were both celebrating our birthdays. I also got to bring in the original Mechagodzilla into American comics for his first time because yeah. Mechagodzilla and I were actually born in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's very important to me. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, if, you, if you had any other uh, favorite, favorite memories. Moments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, um, there are a lot. Like getting, getting to draw Godzilla fighting... Uh, what was it? Was four Mechagodzillas at once? It was so awesome, and I was on a I was on a hard crunch for that issue too. So it was all pencil work, and I shout out to Mustafa Mosa for um, inking those pages for me. Yeah, and did, if you didn't did. know, drawing the original Mechagodzilla is one of the hardest things to draw because of all the damn bolts. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a it can be a super huge pain. He he really um he really stepped up when we needed him, and I I definitely uh, was needing help uh, middle of last year because I don't know if you guys heard I got married, and uh, you can yeah. clap for that. <laughs> got married. <laughs> He succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the but uh, that was a lot of fun getting to do um, getting to do this just giant epic fight, and especially the fight after it when Mega King Ghidorah shows up. And Mega King Ghidorah is also super hard to draw because there's all this just stuff happening, and there's wings to keep track of, there's heads to keep track of. You got to make sure everything's spaced out correctly. But there's still like a lot of fun and. Just getting to do uh, there, I'm 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 just trying to think. There's so many. All right, crazy so I'll things. save you for a moment because I Go have ahead. some favorite moments too. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drawing Godzilla coming out of an iceberg while uh, poachers are trying to kill a bunch of baby seals, <laughs> dude. <laughs> as an animal lover and someone who is completely against any sort of poaching, I mean I support hunting. There's a big difference. Uh, poaching though, dude, seeing God, getting to draw Godzilla just basically destroying a bunch of poachers uh, while they were trying to kill a bunch of baby seals yeah. brought a lot of warm feelings to my cold, <laughs> dead heart. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I wasn't as big on Easter eggs like Matt is, but I did throw a few of them in there. And I remember that, uh, during that scene, no one got my Easter egg, which was the name of the ship that the poachers came off of was the Bloodthirsty Rose, which, if you don't know, is one of the greatest vampire flicks to come out of Toho in the 70s. 1974, in fact. Um, my <laughs> nice. year of being born. Yeah, so, yeah, it was part of the, the Dracula trilogy. If you guys can hunt them down, those are seriously some of the coolest non-kaiju movies that Toho did. Really rad 70s take on uh, Dracula and vampire stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, you can totally see like the beginnings of J horror in those movies, especially, and um, they're they're absolutely fantastic. Oh, and all the the soundtracks were um, uh, oh, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, 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 soundtrack for um, Smog Monster. Manabe. Yeah, yeah. yeah Manabe did the soundtrack to all three films, so it has Sweet. that really cool like. Godzilla vs. Hedora Megalon, like creepy psychedelicness to it. And it totally, it actually works way more for a vampire horror flick in the 70s than a Godzilla flick. I, I, you really gotta try to check those out. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought of I thought of something because you mentioned the uh, name of a boat and I and I rem- immediately was reminded of um, 
the, uh, the, the, the little mini arc where Godzilla fights Ibera and Megagiris and the swarm of Meganulons and the swarm of Meganula. And that's it right there. And, uh, and, but that, but that whole fight where Godzilla is just, he's fighting his way inland with Ebera and the, and, and Lucy and Christina and, the guy. The guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ponytail hair yeah, guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, they, they, uh, they're just, they're just running for their lives. I mean, and it is just, and, and Chris had this great script of just them like constantly like running into walls, so to speak. If, if sometimes a wall is a foot. And, Godzilla's just fighting his way inland with Ebera, and of course he does the sumo throw. I got to do. I, I just when I saw that in the script that I got to do a full page of Godzilla sumo throwing uh, Ebera over his shoulder. I just I went and I found as many reference photos of that throw as possible because I had to make sure he's got to be holding the right claw. I think I might have screwed it up, but I don't really care. Um, and then just and then the two page spread where Megagirus swoops in and oh that's one of my favorites i also have the originals over on my table but uh uh yeah so oh 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 and i was just reminded of uh bringing in king caesar because jeff forgot to draw king caesar for uh what issue was issue that? nine issue nine and uh so then we actually brought him into the story proper the way chris wrote him was just like just a he's a beast i mean he just tears apart his enemies but he's also this really cool super heroic guy like yeah i was about to say i think my mic dead you killed it dude i killed it with my hey everybody quick shout out to my friend don johnston who is the manager of the crown plaza and deals with all of our g-fest craziness every year he is the man god he is the man god bless you (laughs) but yeah i mean that's uh just there are there are so many just wonderful moments and of course you know getting to getting to and and even these even these characters you know not just the monsters but even the human characters i just really came to kind of adore uh just kind of like as kids in a way you know because they're just uh even if even if they didn't get to like you know jump into robots or whatever they still i still felt like they got to have fun and we got to have a whippy quippy dialogue and just had a grand, great time with them. I, I really liked to have fun, fun with them. Another one of my favorite memories of working on the book was uh, cover number 22, which I actually just gave the original to Matt Frank. If you're interested yeah. in originals, I have my originals as well in Artist yeah. Alley. But cover number 22, um, even though it ended up because the story ended up being altered and changed, uh, the scene I drew did not even get mentioned in the book. Uh, yeah. And when originally it was it going to, but the scene does happen in the climax, and it was my cover with uh, Mechagodzilla, Kiru Mechagodzilla, and Me- uh, Mogira, and all of the different jets from different countries of the world all coming at you. I'm a huge jet fan, and <laughs> before I realized I couldn't get in the military and fly jets because I have epilepsy when I was like 11, I used to want to do that, and I used to, you know, collect jet models and and you know all sorts of jet stuff. I was a huge jet nerd when I was a kid, so just being able to draw the robots with all the jets and that cover just was really, really fun. Yeah. And also, speaking of the jets, that reminds me of another fun thing that I really had a great time with in the last issue, um, which was because I love Geigen so much and his, the two movies he appears in has so much stock footage, I decided to start utilizing stock footage of my own in Geigen <laughs> scenes. So yeah. if you look, if you look closely in issue 25, 
there are at least two of the exact same panels of Gigan that appear, and then there's a scene where he's fighting Jet Jaguar on top of the alien spaceship, and there's jets everywhere, and then all the jets in the foreground are just foreground jets from the cover of 22 <laughs> because I was trying to do stock footage. Yeah. This comic is so meta, it hurts. Yeah. It was also very economical in getting the issue done yeah, on time. Yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> I don't have a convenient issue. That was stock footage. I was making a reference. But yeah, um, as long as we're on covers, real quick. Sure. I mean, just about every cover I just had a blast with. Oh, that was another one of my favorite moments was uh, when uh, Final Wars Gigan shows up in. And then there's the other one when, uh, when Jet Jaguar and Godzilla team up. <laughs> I'm just Don't looking keep at, looking up there, dude. Just, it's all I'm good. To, okay, he's reminding us of stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. and Fire so Gigon in 25. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Kagaku Ninja Tai Gachaman, and one of their big yeah. things is their ship, the God Phoenix, can turn into a huge fiery bird. Yeah, and I was like, dude, if I can find a way to just slip in a Fire Gigan, <laughs> and I did. So uh, nice. yeah, that was my one original concept to the entire series was Fire Gigan. Yeah. I mean, I, I like we were just saying, like just with regards to covers, the one that sticks out in my mind, just thinking about it, was that it is again, it's one that the script was changed and this uh, cover went on the wrong issue, which is the one of Batra just toasting Mothra with his laser beam eyes, and the citizens of Infant Island are just bolting, like, and you even see the chief with his big crazy headdress, like he's got the, he's cradling the Shobijin in his arms, and I just had such a so much, I don't want to say fun, because it's never really fun to murder a giant goddess of peace, but <laughs> still, though, uh, it was, it, I just, I just, I had so much, I had so much enthusiasm for that cover, because I'm just like, man, I really got to push it with this one. I got to push this to the next level. So we've been talking about this subject for a while. Should we? Yeah, that's cool. We okay. can move on. But okay. it's great hearing what you guys loved about working on the book. Yeah. Uh, I guess that would be a great segue to say, what didn't you love about working on Rulers of Earth? Do you have any storylines that you were really excited for that got nixed by, you know, the bigwigs at, say, Toho? Okay, I will say um, there was very little that yeah. upset me about the book at all. However, it really upset me that we didn't get to go past 25 yeah. and do the storyline we had planned after that. Because that was going to be the epic show of King Ghidorah bringing in. Yeah, mm. Showa King Ghidorah was going to come in and he was going and to destroy the planet he was by himself. And he yeah. was going to destroy all of the monsters. Yeah. And Godzilla was going to have to fight him by himself or something like that. Yeah, it was something something crazy. I mean, I we 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 did have a lot of different ideas we had bandied about and you know and and that is one of the things again, like Jeff said, there wasn't very much that we didn't get to do or were disappointed in, but one thing that was a little a little stressful was the fact that, like we were talking about earlier, we kept almost having the rug pulled out from under us because we kept they kept telling us, okay, okay, you can go up to five issues, okay, you can go to eight issues, okay, you can go to twelve issues, and so we kept having to like end the book, <laughs> like right, right, right. So so and as, replan, right, exactly. And so as a result, we couldn't really we couldn't really do a nice gradual story like cuz originally i i kind of made a breakdown of of issue pages just to just to suggest to chris like well maybe this is what we should do issue 4 where godzilla fights destroyer and mothra and godzilla fight destroyer that was supposed to be issue 10 we were going to build up well chris had this whole idea of it being this nightfall scenario anybody know batman nightfall yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. But <laughs> that's a terrible story. My point is, <laughs> Jeff, that there was supposed to be this idea of Godzilla going around the planet. He was supposed to be fighting all these new monsters that were popping up. And it was supposed to start wearing him down and oh, wearing right. him down. We, we talked about this last yeah. year. We talked about that. and Because uh, he needed to get beat. Right, exactly. And then it was going to be towards the end of this first big arc he was going to get ambushed by this new monster, Destroya. That's why he shows up at the end of issue three with this huge gash in his chest because it was supposed to be, yeah, he was supposed to be, this was the I will break you moment. You know, it was... Um, that's the one where he, like, crash lands next to the actress's house, right? Yeah, yeah. that's the one. That, that was supposed to be issue 10 because it was all supposed to be building to Godzilla getting slowly worn down. And we managed to kind of work that into the rest of the story but still, though, slow burn is usually preferable to like having to kind of make it up as you go. But I think for what we what the 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 restrictions we had with regards to scheduling and everything is, and make no mistake, we were on a breakneck pace of this book. I mean, we were especially the last issue. Yeah, that last issue. One thing one thing you should all understand about the last issue is, though it was a double sized issue, we were still only given a month to draw it and yeah. and complete it. And yeah, that that's where the problems really began because logistically that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 tough because I mean you'd think that with um you'd think that with uh having two artists working on the final issue having Jeff and I splitting duties. Yo, you degenerate! Where are you going? Sorry. <laughs> my friend Dan. Dan, where are you going? Come here. <laughs> One, one of my very good friends just flicked me off and I was trying to get him in here. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the final issue was like, yeah, you'd think that it was just Jeff and I splitting the, the work between two issues, uh, between, between the, the double size issue between the two of us. We could have gotten it done. The problem was is that what we didn't really take into account was, oh, wait, we're doubling the work for Priscilla Tramontano, our colorist, which, God bless her. I mean, give really, it up for Priscilla. Woo! We love also, you she was working on Transformers at the same time. Yeah, she started her own interior work on a Transformers book as she was finishing our double-sized issue. Like I mean, a savage! <laughs> I mean, it, did near, it, it put her in the hospital, actually. Yeah. She got sick doing yeah. that. And yeah. so, I mean, I really... She's a tough one. You wore her down so much yeah. that she's in the hospital. She's not anymore. She's Thank fine goodness. now. But, uh, Actually, I think it had something to do with like a mosquito bite or something. Yeah, it? something it was crazy. Like a, yeah, something it, crazy. It wasn't really that she a exhausted herself. mosquito bite. Down in <laughs> a nuclear mosquito bite. Well, dude, in South America, mosquito bite's a lot different than here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know she was in South it's America. Bad, it's a bad scene. Yeah, she's from Brazil. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, actually, I don't know much about the creative team besides the two of you. Oh, yeah. And Priscilla, Chris, Priscilla is our out-of-country Brazilian colorist. Yeah, she's uh, just a yeah, she's just a beast. I mean, she just can just knock stuff out like you wouldn't believe. Uh, uh, a beast in the most pretty girly way possible. Yes, of possible. course. I mean, she's adorable. <laughs> she, you know, just like with the claws a out. Beautiful beast. <laughs> no, she she's fantastic, though, and she's a great artist in her own right. She did a, a wonderful drawing of Lucy and, and uh, Christina, our two, uh, our two ladies, uh, in the book way early on, and they're just two of my favorite. That's my, my, one of my favorite pieces actually, of art. Actually, Priscilla was the one who designed Christina for the four years later arc from yeah. the middle of the story. When she doesn't have had, pink hair anymore and she yeah, grew her yeah, hair she out. She had the, 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 yeah, the ponytail, ponytail thing. Yeah. Yeah. She was the one who kind of pushed that idea forward and locked it in. And then, uh, yeah, just she just did a fantastic job. And um, 
I, I just can't thank her enough for that. And yeah, go and go check out her new book. She's doing the Transformers, the Robots in Disguise book right now. All the interiors and everything. So she's fantastic. Give it up for Priscilla. Woo! Woo! So uh, I definitely want to take some audience questions, but before we do, Jeff, you had to, you wanted to do a thanks. Oh yes, I wanted to address um, because, like we said, the last issue was done at such a breakneck pace. I remember uh, in the midst of my hardcore exhaustion <laughs> towards the end, I was given an email that was like, "We're gonna have a thank you page." And I was so exhausted, I didn't quite understand what that meant. Uh, so I just made a very short list. You know, I thank my mom. I thank like some comic shops that have been supporting me, and, and just basic stuff like that. However, then when the book got done, <laughs> I saw Chris had like a full page of thank There's yous. Matt thank has at least half a page of thank yous. So I was like, oh, we could have just kept on writing stuff. So I need to thank more people. Um, <laughs> first of all. I need to personally thank Kyle. For for what, buddy? Yeah. Thank you for thank you for all of the support all over the years Absolutely. and being a pal and uh, just being an all around awesome dude. Um, You're sweet. I also want to thank. I have to thank JD Lee's because without him, uh, he was the very first person to ever publish yeah. my artwork ever. It was in G Fan number thirteen back in the nineties. And then right after that, he offered me my own comic book gig where I was writing and drawing my own comic called Dimension Fighter for a very short-lived book that he put out called Manga, the Anthology of Monsters and Manga. And uh, so it lasted four issues. And it is a character, because I just realized this summer, uh, this summer is the 20th anniversary of Dimension Fighter, so I decided to finally bring him back. And I'm going to be doing a Dimension Fighter blog called Go, Go, Dimension Fighter, Go, yeah. where I will reprint uh, or post up all the old issues and then I will start upon the um, sequel idea that I had back in the 90s called Dimension Fighter X, which will be new stuff. And all for free on a blog as soon as I can get to it. I meant to have the first post for G-Fest, but I've been way too busy. I also want to thank um, my buddies Mike, Dan, uh, who always helped me be uh, the worst degenerate possible at the show. Um, <laughs> I want to thank G-Fest itself for always just trading me so well here and um, trying to think who, uh, anybody I know in Chicago, including my family, I need to thank them as well because I have more friends and family in Chicago than I do in New York City. Um, and I need to thank all you guys because you showed up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you should say that because uh, it, 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 that is funny because my first piece of published work was also G Fan. It was the the cover with uh, Godzilla and Gamera on it, and I don't even remember. It was like 2006 or something. I, I've actually never done a G Fan cover. I've only ever done inside pinups. And the the craziest thing was the very first one I sent. It, like I said, it's issue 13. It's a it ended up being a, a spread centerfold of Mickey Say, Goose, and Bailante. Yeah. And uh, my mother <laughs> still has the original framed in our lake house barn in the loft, which is another, like, um, like a, a nice place with beds and stuff. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like an actual barn. It's like there's, like, a bedroom up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, it's just, I mean, I think that, I think for a lot of us, even us, uh, us professionals, the, the G-Fan and G-Fest is such a culminating moment. And it, it, it starts so many things. And it's just, 
yeah, we owe a lot to G-Fest, and we owe a lot to G-Fan. That's why I made sure, like, when I did my own thank yous at the last minute, last little minute, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Quick, thank G-Fest for real, me. Real fast, real fast. Okay. Two more people I forgot um, who I was hanging out with last night. My old friends from Michigan who I met through G-Fan back in the day and were showing me a lot of bootleg stuff that you couldn't get in the early 90s. Uh, my buddies Rob and Jim Figurski, um, they showed me a bunch of stuff in the 90s before I moved to New York uh, that I, you, you just couldn't find back then. Right on. There you go. Well, thanks to Jim and Rob. I know those dudes. Good dudes. They're Woo! awesome dudes. I think Jim's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing up yeah, the horns. There he is, Jim, right there. Give Jim a hand, everybody. <laughs> Stand up. Stand up. You should There's also give him uh, more buddy. applause because he's going to be doing some translating for me later when I interview some Japanese guests. Yeah. That's what more. That's what more means, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you guys have any questions for these uh, two fine gentlemen up here? If you would like to come ask a question, uh, do me a favor and just say your name and uh, then ask your question. This is, of course, going to be oh an episode God, of the podcast, the by the way. I have exact same shorts that that kid is wearing. <laughs> Black with the three orange stripes. Exact same shorts. I have three pairs because they're so comfy. <laughs> so, uh, hi. Yeah, my name's Dave. I wanted to mention uh, Mallory and Manette, who uh, didn't oh, get yeah. mentioned here. But, you know, they were really cool. There was a scene where uh, Lucy, and the issue that you talked about, Matt, where Lucy kind of gets on her knees and she touches their hands together. Mm. And I got this sense that maybe... Lucy was going to go evil for, for a little while. Was that ever part of what the story was going to be, or was that just me? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if she was ever going to go evil, but, I mean, there were, was a lot of talk. That is one of the things that we, I wish we could have expanded on was Lucy's psychic, uh, latent psychic powers. Because like Minette and Mallory, she was, uh, she was supposed to be like this. Like the, the showbizian at one point talk about how People like Lucy and Minette Mallory are part of this next phase of human evolution, basically, which is like kind of a, I guess in a way, kind of a response to the kaiju threat, which is like, so if the kaiju are basically going to start dominating the planet, well, the next phase of human evolution are humans who can influence the kaiju. So that was just something that we didn't really get to explore super, super deep with, with Lucy. But one of the things is that, like, one idea we had was like she was going to form kind of a, Miki slash Asagi-esque connection with Godzilla. And she was even going to like start channeling him. And like at one point, I, I, I suggested an idea of her being captured by the aliens at one point. And basically they were going to do like crazy like experiments on her, basically cut her brain open and stuff. And like it was going to get horrifying. That would have been awesome. Yeah. But then, um, but then she like has this wave of psychic power because she's still connected to Godzilla and just, it's just it basically nuclear pulses herself, like with psychic energy and stuff. Just crazy stuff that I was just throwing against the wall. I'm like, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. But yeah, so never, not evil, but she would have been super badass. And so, sorry, I cursed again. No, that, that one's fine. That was the first one for that's, me. That's TV. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. Hi, I'm Corey. Uh, Hi, Corey. Hi, Corey. <laughs> yeah. I've been a fan for a long, long time, and I really want to thank you guys for the work that you have put out. It is amazing. Thank but, you, sir. Um, the next thing you guys, I'm not sure if it's you, but I know IDW is doing something. It's Godzilla in hell. I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe you guys would probably put in this new scene of King Ghidorah going in and crushing Godzilla, or at least trying to beat him. 
Uh, well, I can say I don't know a whole. I think, as far as I understood it, each issue of Godzilla in Hell is going to be self-contained. Yeah. Um, but it has not been announced yet, so I want to announce it here for you all at G Fest. Uh, everybody knows I already did a variant cover for uh, IDW's EC Tribute Month of the variant for Godzilla in Hell number one, which was the EC Weird Science tribute. But I have also now just recently completed a cover for Godzilla in Hell number four, which has Godzilla Muay Thaiing Destroya and Showa King Ghidorah with a really trippy, creepy, yeah. gory background of eyeballs and stuff. Yeah. Fun. Which is also, you can see it, uh, I don't have prints or anything, but you can come to my table in Artist Alley, I have the original there, you can take a look at it. Yeah, that, um, and it's funny, funny story to go with that, real, real quick. Um, so, uh, I was also, I also kind of managed to, you know, uh, beg and plead my way into doing a cover for uh, Godzilla in Hell, issue number two, which is the issue that Bob Eggleton is doing. So... Uh, it's, it's pretty cool, actually, that uh, my first full issue of Godzilla um, for IDW, Godzilla Legends, uh, Bob did, the, did, the, did one of the alternate covers for. It was the main cover, I think. And then uh, for Bob's first IDW Godzilla, full IDW Godzilla book, I'm doing the alternate cover for. Yay, everything's a, cir a circle. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but, so originally... I was going to do something that was uh, a lot more subdued and a lot more Bob-esque. I was going to even kind of go for a slightly more painted style with it. And uh, then I started, kept doing it, kept doing it. wasn't really feeling it. I wasn't really, I, I just wasn't super into it. And then uh, Jeff showed me his cover for issue, did you say it was issue four? Four, yeah. For issue four. And I'm like, man, that's just so Jeff, you know, that's, that's, that's just... It's just so raw and awesome. I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I'm not feeling my current cover. I need to go back and I need to do something. I'm trying too hard to be like Bob. I need to be Matt. Basically, he did the artist thing where he was almost done and then completely scrapped it to do something better. <laughs> you, yeah, that's it right there. So uh, I, I finished the new cover. I'm way more proud of it. And you can come see both versions at my table, uh, the crappy one that I, uh, probably gonna throw away, and, um, unless somebody wants it, I don't know, whatever. And, uh, well, if you're gonna throw it away, <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, on the subject of unused covers, um, in, at my artist alley table, I do have an unused cover, and I'm, I'm forgetting the specific issue right now, but it was, um, when the trilopods were, it was when King Caesar was supposed to show up towards the end of the climax, and I have a cover that is half penciled, uh, that had to be changed because the script changed. Mm -hmm. um, so this cover uh, that never got finished is available to look at and for sale. I'll sell it for really cheap because it's only like halfway penciled. But yeah. it's Godzilla, King Caesar, and Gorosaurus, and a ton of trilopods all in one image. Yeah. And I had Sweet. to scrap it. Yeah. Because the script changed. It happens. It happens. You can, sometimes you got to scrap stuff and start from the beginning. Uh, that totally reminds me. I, I have a quick question for you guys about the trilopods. How did those get really developed? Unless you cover this last last year, and I just no, no, it. we we didn't even really talk we about them. Starting them, we were just year. starting it. Well, I mean, uh, Chris uh, made a suggestion that he wanted because we got the okay from Toho to start doing original monsters, and Chris did talk about this last year. Yeah. yeah, Toho trusted us with that. Yeah. And so we we started powwowing about monster ideas, and one point Chris said, well, maybe it's kind of a menagerie of, like, weird 
different monsters and I'm like, ah, let's kind of create our own like new species or something. Like let's do something where it's like an army of monsters and they're all this one species. So we went back and forth and I suggested, okay, here's an idea. We'll make them, because I have been wanting to do like a trilobite kind of monster for a while and I made the suggestion, let's let's do, uh, we'll call them, I don't know, trilopods or something. Just I just pulled that out of my butt and just ran with it. And I came up with a tiny, tiny little sketch. This little sketch is about the size of the palm of my hand. And I was just like, okay, it kind of looks like a guy in a suit and it has these big awkward arms and it has the general shape. And we went back and forth on it a little bit. Jeff took that base concept. He fleshed it out into this other really beautiful concept with like these cool spikes on his back and stuff and then i took that and i thought well let's save the spikes for when it start they start mutating and stuff have it have a closed shell and then i did the final pass where i'm like okay so this is just it with like this we'll just we'll go with this and i kind of gave it this cool anomal anomalous uh feely bitey thingies on its face uh, one thing i wanted to add when i did my pass on the trilopods my basic understanding of them is that they were uh, basically, I was just going that they were supposed to be space monsters. Yeah. So my sort of take was that they were made out of like mineral and rock uh, as an outer shell instead of like shell shell. So my version of the trilopod, um, I extended his claws to kind of just yeah. look like the head of an of a ant, and then the body was all like a meteor type of thing. Yeah, because I figured, you know, I, I didn't realize they were going to be coming out of pods and stuff like that. I just imagined a an uh, army of space monsters coming from outer space. So I figured, what would, you know, they need to survive in the vacuum of space? And I was like, we'll just make them like rocky meteorite type creatures. Right on. Yeah, cool monsters. And honestly, reading through the issues, terrifying creatures <laughs> when you're dealing with a world filled with kaiju. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was what was that was what was the threat was. I mean, they were just they were basically uh, kaiju predators. They just uh, hunted down kaiju. This is that idea. I think is what really solidified them uh, in my mind as just being. Oh wow, this is like this is really cool. They're almost like they're almost like refined versions of Orga in a way. Mm -hmm. Like with the secondary trilopod sucking the blood out of the verse monster and then they mutate into these hybrids and yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> fun and scary. Yes. It can be. Anybody else have a question for these gentlemen? <laughs> All right. Several people. <laughs> uh, and we do have about 10 minutes left. So I think we'll be able to get to, to most of the questions. Uh, my name's Rodney. Um, this is more for Jeff. How did you feel about Gigan actually being unleashed, like no longer being under control? Ruled. The only thing actually I, I meant to mention before when we were talking about the, the few things that we didn't like about the series, um, uh, I was sorely disappointed that Gigan didn't escape at the end of issue 25 because my whole idea for him was that he was going to go through the entire series and then in pure Gigan fashion, just take off when you know, <laughs> crap went down. And uh, I even draw him on, on my cover. I have him escaping while all the monsters are attacking Magita, the giant monster trilogy god. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I loved everything about Gigan uh, doing anything really, but the whole whole thing where he becomes like almost like a gray basket 
uh, not quite a bad guy, but he's not really a good guy either. And but he's basically killing all the aliens out in space because they just used him too much. That was a hell of a lot of fun. I I saw hands. Yeah, many hands. Many. Hi, uh, my name's Robert. I was just uh, wondering. I think on your Tumblr, Matt, you mentioned at one point you were thinking of doing Minya. What would that have been like? <laughs> I'm so glad that actually never happened. Really quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but in my personal opinion, if we had ever brought Minya into Rulers of Earth, that would have been us jumping the shark, and it would have been a thing that we would never be able to return from, and a lot of people would have viewed the book a lot differently after that. Just saying. Just saying. Well, I think that's all that needs to be said. Um, no, I, actually, I actually had a really fun idea for Minya, I, or just some kind of baby Godzilla. And this would have been something we wouldn't have really gotten to until way later in the book. We wanted to get as much like lone or stoic badass out of Godzilla as possible before we saddled him with a kid. And I, I did have this one idea. I, I wanted to see, let's try and make people like me. Yeah. Like, let's try and find a way we can make people actually feel endeared to him and support the little tiny kaiju. Yes, the idea? <laughs> that's the idea. The The idea I had was like, for example, uh, just as an, a scene I had in my head was uh, you have like, say, like, say, for example, Showa King Ghidorah, all the other monsters are down or or nowhere to be found, just rampaging. And the only monster there that's standing up to him is Minya. And King Ghidorah doesn't even doesn't even really uh, mean he's not even on his radar like he keeps trying to fight king Ghidorah, and king Ghidorah, like not just a casual flick of his tail sends him flying and like crashing into something and but the thing is is that i thought it would be great if he just kept getting up and he just kept trying to trying to fight king Ghidorah. to kick Minya trying to fight king Ghidorah by himself because that's what godzilla would do that's actually a pretty cool idea, that, but I still don't think it would have pulled <laughs> off like you imagined it. <laughs> I know it would have would have been really tough to do. But I, however, if we had had um, uh, if we had had little Godzilla instead, but that was a rights thing that we didn't realize at first. Yeah, little Godzilla would have been much more for, but still at the same time, I, I was much more happy with him. Neither one of them ever showing up in the book. Ultimately, yeah, I think it would have been, given our schedule and given the way things were going, it would have been probably too tricky to try to try to pull off successfully. Although he did almost show up in issue eight, and I have, and it's been shown online, I had um, uh, an original layout sketch of issue eight, which was the big Biolante island sketch with all the monsters, the straw monster style, and originally, Minya was in the corner. <laughs> but thankfully, that didn't happen, so I got to erase him. There you go. Right on. Hi, my name is Miguel. Hi, Miguel. You met earlier. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know, was there a monster that you always wanted to use, whether it was in the Godzilla universe or outside of it, like a, a gamma or something like that, that you always wanted to use? <clears throat> I'm sorry. And you never got a chance to use it for whatever right reasons? Like, like in, in, yeah, I mean, in rulers. Like you want to bring in like an outside monster, you know. I, you know what it would have been awesome because, see, I'm, I'm not. I'm not usually really keen on doing something like bringing in Gamera or something because it's just like, I don't know. I don't know about mixing those two universes because they operate kind of on different rules in a lot of respects. It's, it's complicated, but it's complicated for me, but it would have been really awesome if at some point we got to bring in like, it would have never happened Toho Kong. 
like yeah. bringing Toho Kong, <laughs> the South Seas Island God with lightning powers to fight Godzilla. I that would have been awesome. Uh, my answer is much nerdier than that. Um, All right. I actually would have thought it would have been so rad if we could have started bringing in Toho 70s uh, superheroes like uh, Zone Fighter, Green Man, and God Man, who also fought the Gargantuas. I I got a Zone Fighter reference in at one point. I think I called it just Meteor Zone or something. I think it's a comic book title. I can't remember if I, is it in, I think it's in the book. I don't remember if I got, I, I mean, so many of my references, like I had a Latitude Zero comic at one point. Right was it issue three? Okay, was that the cover? Or was it, oh, it, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, there you go. I love it. All right, so uh, we probably can only get to two more questions. If you had to choose one unpopular, mo- oh, by the way, my name is Ian. But if I you am. had to choose one unpopular monster to put in the comic, which one would it be? <laughs> well, we already talked about one. Uh, unpopular monster? Oh, I just had, I just, I didn't even think about this, but I just thought of it. Giant flock of giant condors. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, I, I'm forgetting the creature's name, but those, um, those trilopod things from 85 or 84. Oh, the Shokuras. Yeah, the first, Shokuras. But yeah. they're in the first issue. Right, but if we could have oh, like, them, like, had them people. do something in the yeah. book, like attacking humans or something for whatever reason, that would have been cool. Like it's just a cool horror scene would have been rad. Yeah. All right, next question. Um, my name's Aaron, and I'm from New York. Hi, Aaron from New York. What's up, New York? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was wondering if any of the fights that you drew became too confusing to the point where you couldn't tell what's going on yeah the final issue because <laughs> we we were we were so breakneck on that on that schedule i mean we weren't sleeping just trying to get this thing done and a, a couple of times i think i think you killed the tri the trilopod baragon hybrid and then i killed the trilopod baragon hybrid and then i think mogera was in a page when he had already been torn apart earlier it just it happens when you have this breakneck schedule this sort of thing happens um and also uh my battle uh the issue where um godzilla and space godzilla team up to fight the trilopod uh megagaris and space uh trillo uh there was one specific page that I personally feel is actually kind of clear, but unfortunately for my skills, it really needed a few sound effects in the panel, which didn't end up happening, even though I requested them during the final uh, check before publication. Um, there was a scene, Chris had written it as several quick panels, where the Trillo Megagirus was supposed to be like smacking God, uh, Space Godzilla up into the air and then knocking him straight down to the earth, kind of like a Dragon Ball Z type of thing. <laughs> so I was like, dude, if you want that to look like really fast, we should do it all as like a, yeah. a multiple Spider-Man scene like they would always do in one big panel and just have like speed lines of them going up into the air and then a panel of him knocking him down. I was like, the only thing is, you're going to have to have some sound effects to make sure that people understand that he's getting hit. And then when I got the, the PDF before it went to print, they were like, hey, if you need any changes, let us know. I was like, yeah, this panel needs sound effects. And that still never happened. So I got screwed on that. <laughs> <laughs> that happened a couple. Unfortunately, that did happen a couple times because we were, like I said, we were always like so just like, oh, i got to get this in. And so there was a couple of miscolorations in a few times just because – uh, I didn't give Priscilla a proper reference for something, and so something would get colored 
differently. And then I'd say, oh, change this. And she'd be like, okay. But then it wouldn't quite make it to print. Oh, oh yeah. Another <laughs> thing I totally effed up on on uh, issue 25, uh, the script said uh, um, uh, King Caesar is freeing, uh, in the script, in the dialogue, he's freeing Kamibas. But in my exhaustion, I read it as Kamakaris. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So it, he's. I wondered about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right on. Uh, well, unfortunately, I think we have to call it quits for this particular panel. Yeah! Obviously, we could keep going. I would say if you guys have any more questions about Rulers of Earth, these guys are going to be in Artist, Artist Alley. Alley all weekend. Come Take a us. left right when you go in the door, and they're right up there on the uh, in the VIP section, I guess. So <laughs> anyway, thank you all for showing up, and uh, have a great con. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Always a
the only one Read it away, you got me over, got to run You're still alive, never gonna take your feeling Which has complicated Mare te, ne girare, ここまで 